Hello and welcome to the very first podcast of DSR Ghostwriting. My name is Daniel Rosal. I'm a business writer, business ghostwriter based in Jerusalem. And uh, this podcast at the moment is starting out on a very, very low technology uh, footing. There is no introduction, as is probably clear by the fact I just jumped in and started to speak. Um, I'm recording this into my new Xiaomi phone. I believe that's how it's pronounced. I'm very happy with it. The Redmi Note 7. And I'm using Anchor.fm, which I highly encourage anybody involved in podcasting or considering being involved in podcasting to download. I do have a complete uh, studio style setup with, you know, the whole thing, a mixer, audio interface. Uh, Takes so long to set up that I am just going for this one very low tech uh, directly into my phone. So I hope the audio quality is okay, but we, we will be making some technical improvements um the next time we're going to run this but uh this is just to get it going so i actually created this um podcast registered it on anchor.fm last night was the idea of putting this on my website so the website is dsrghostwriting.com my name is daniel rosa and you can probably guess that i have a middle name which begins with the letter s hence dsr um, so I added a podcast and blog to the website where I hope that I will be delivering some insights on the rather unusual world of ghostwriting. But ghostwriting isn't really that unusual. It's a facet of freelance writing, you could say. I try to avoid using the word freelance. I set up another podcast yesterday, um, a personal podcast that I'm putting out there about my personal branding journey. Um, you know, this is for the actual, my business itself, but I did mention in that podcast that I tend to avoid using the word freelancing simply because I regard myself as a small business owner. Um, I'm in the process of setting up a small marketing agency with a friend at the moment, and we're very much exploring, you know, the very traditional approach to, we're going through a personal branding workbook by PricewaterhouseCoopers, which I mentioned in the podcast. Um, another thing that I highly, highly recommend um and really just since i've been doing this full-time i'm actually within my first year currently and i'll be making my one year full-time freelancing anniversary sometime this summer um but you know it's it's setting up a small business i was i was a freelancer for a couple of years while i had a job and i ran what many people call a side hustle um and since it's become full-time i would say i've escalated to all these different things that you typically don't really need as a freelancer. I'm thinking at the moment in terms of scale. Um, so in terms of my CRM, in terms of, you know, marketing automation, stuff like this. And these to me are very much uh, business owner concerns, you know. Um, I'm not looking at doing this indefinitely as a one-person operation. And even if I am, I'm not going to, you know, I'm looking to scale, scale my client base, um, work with different clients, bigger clients. Don't need to use the term better clients that kind of disrespects the ones that I have. Um, but that's why I avoid the term freelancer, but essentially ghostwriting is a, you typically structured as somebody who is self-employed slash a freelance writer whose speciality is in writing articles that are bylined, AKA publicly attributed to another person. The ghostwriter is often simply abbreviated as the ghost and the person whose byline is on the article who didn't actually write the article is typically called the author, which is kind of ironic, of course, because they are not really the author. The ghost is actually the author, but that's the terminology in the industry. Now that I've explained to you who I am and what I do, um, 
Well, let me just explain one more thing. I live in Jerusalem in Israel. Uh, I'm pretty transparent about that. I my main domain is uh, is an Israeli domain.co.il. Uh, I purposely do not try to hide that from people because I know Israel is controversial. Of course, we're not going to get into any politics on this podcast. Um, but that's where I'm based. I'm originally from Cork in Ireland. I before embarking on a full time uh, ghostwriting slash freelance writing career, I worked in-house as the Marcom slash marketing communications manager at two SaaS startups. SaaS, of course, is software as a service. I did one uh, SaaS, one Marcom role here. Uh, I briefed into the PR company here. And in Ireland, I also um, managed Marcom for a political technology company who went on to be a client of mine for a while. Um, I studied uh, journalism postgrad in the UK at the wonderful City University London. I did a master's in political journalism, and before that, I actually my undergraduate degree was in law. Believe it or not, uh, I studied law in UCC, uh, University College Cork in the south of Ireland, and um, this is this is where I wound up. I got in. I got into writing halfway through my degree. I started writing for. Uh, the student, kind of the traditional route, except that mine was a little bit different. I was writing for the student newspaper. There was no website. This is back in 2008. And I wanted to do a internship. Uh, as you know, a lot of people do their first year in college. There's something called the J1, which is a um, type of student visa that Irish students, not specifically for Irish students, but it's like a thing in Ireland that people get a J1 visa and go to the US for a summer in order to work. So I wanted to do a J1 visa and as I just embarked on this intrepid writing career, I wanted to do it at a news organization. So I ultimately did that, interned at a place called Irish Central, which is Ireland, Irish America's biggest um, media portal, you could say, operated by a gentleman called Neil O'Dowd. Um, he was originally the publisher of a print publication called the Irish Voice. Um, so I did that. I interned with Irish Central and subsequently went on to contribute to the website for um, a number of years. You, 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 we're, we're, the purpose of the podcast is about to become clear. My first topic through the drilling has just started right outside my window. Um, so yeah, I did Irish Central and then I so I was looking to to intern there but the college newspaper didn't have a website so I being this kind of person I would even say entrepreneurial I simply sometimes decide okay I'm just going to go ahead and do this um I didn't really think about the red tape that there was required which may have annoyed a few people at the university but I set up my own website for university news which was called corkstudentnews.com um and that really took me down the writing journey, I would say. I operated that for a couple of years while I was in college, you know, part-time I was writing for it. There were a few other contributors. Um, and then ultimately we got accepted into a business graduate business incubation program called UCC Ignite. Scaled that to a national level. I think that kind of killed the interest to be to be honest. Um it was a it was a cool local news website and people, you know were interested in their locality in UCC and student using Cork. And I don't think it really converted well to a national format. Um, I then sold that to a buyer in uh, New York City who just was interested in the website. And that, and that at this point, basically, I although I finished my law degree and I graduated, I um, was really more interested in writing between Irish Central and Cork Student News and um, 
holding a press card from the National Union of Journalists, which is called the NUJ, and they issue press cards to journalists and reporters in the UK and Ireland. Um, I think I just had so many cool and interesting experiences as a result of all that stuff that I was like, wow, this is really more interesting than law. I think law got more boring as the degree went on. In the first year, I found it very engaging constitutional law, jurisprudence, international law. Actually, international law is a third year subject, if I remember right. As we got more into, you know, contract law, property law, the nitty gritty, I was also planning to move to Israel for quite some time. So I found it personally hard to kind of sum up the motivation to learn all these intricacies of Irish property law, which I knew I was never going to actually need to use this knowledge in real life. Uh, sorry, I'm waffling on a small bit. I'm just giving you some background to who I am because this is what a podcast is now. Okay, let's move on. So basically what I want to do in this podcast is, now that you know who I am and what I do, I want to um, set out some territory. So I'm primarily working with technology clients, um, typically startups, um, startups to like slightly bigger organizations and working with the, the leadership in those, uh, in those companies to author typically thought leadership stuff, which is, um, you know, when somebody wants to write a series of articles sometimes typically articles i'm not talking so much about blogs i.e stuff that's published on non-managed uh, media assets and um you know they'll want to stake out a um, an opinion on, on an issue demonstrate the breadth of their knowledge you know they want to they want to lead the thought in a in a topic to become you know someone has this idea about machine learning and what's going to happen with the next and that kind of builds their reputation based on that and often can open the door to the whole shebang, uh, speaking at industry events, keynotes. Um, I kind of think of it as fitting really within the PR aspect of marketing uh, more than the content marketing uh, side of things, although that's a kind of tenuous debate about exactly um, where the difference lies, I would say, as opposed to the typical metrics, you know, content marketing being quite a... Um, integrated discipline within sales, top of funnel. Um, the PR is kind of typically looking at some kind of softer KPIs and metrics in terms of influence, uh, buy-in, um, those kind of things. So that's the writing I do, but my I'm specifically doing that kind of work and writing and serving those kind of clients because my personal interest does very much lie in the uh, technology space. Um, as I mentioned on the little audio snippet I recorded yesterday morning, I'm currently sitting in front of my magnificent um, triple monitor Linux desktop display. I really love tech. I've been into just playing around with technology for a while, um, for a long while, actually, probably, you know, looking back to when I was like 13, even. Um, I'm something of a tech generalist at the moment, if truth be told. I've written everything, you know, com dealt with every kind of tech companies, some on the B2C side, some, in the, some on the B2B side, um, some of the topics I've covered recently, VOIP, VPNs, antiviruses, innovation management platforms, um, really quite a mix. Um, I'm kind of happy about that, to be honest, at this point. I'm always on the lookout for my absolute niche. I also worked in an IoT company. That's a, that's quite a big one. Um I haven't done so much AI machine learning stuff, but you know, that's kind of on the horizon. I haven't really niched down as I believe the slang that the 
Americans are fond of. I haven't really niched down in tech yet. I do hope to do so, but for the moment, I think there's just so many interesting things going on that uh, this is kind of where I sit. Um, so because I'm a tech-focused writer and tech-interested and techie, um, I'm going to try still still this because I realize there's many freelance podcasts out there uh, specifically about technology and the role of technology in the life of small business owners slash freelancers and specifically thinking about freelance writing but this stuff is necessarily solely applicable to freelance writers um here's kind of a weird topic for my first episode so I set this up only yesterday and I was kind of planning to you know do up a little content calendar and uh, figure out some some things I would speak about and then one kind of presented itself automatically I would say um I'm currently sitting in my apartment. I try to mix up working from home, which is uh, not my ideal way of doing things, particularly when my home is as it currently is a minuscule 30 square meters apartment. And by 30 square meters, I actually mean 25 square meters. Um, I'm in a very small Jerusalem apartment. And my initial goal when I left my uh, full-time role last summer was just to kind of keep initial costs as low as possible until you know income scaled and whatever. Um, I've since kind of thrown other things into the, into the mix, like working from coffee shops, working occasionally from like a friend's house. Um, but this remains kind of my primary base, i.e. this is where I do most of my work. And then I take days off and I take days where, you know, so occasionally you're meeting clients or you're going to events or you're whatever. Um, but this is a mainstay. So as luck would have it, the very week after I left my job, and by the very week, I mean the very week, as in like the same week, um, there was this like building two doors down the road from where I'm living that was kind of like half finished for two years. It was very odd. Like it was on the road, no windows. You could see someone had started the construction project and then like abandoned this. And as luck would have it, the uh, construction resumed just after I went full-time for my job. Now, I have to say, if anybody has never lived right next to a construction site day in, day out for 10 months, this is going to be in May the 10th month I just worked out this morning. Honestly, it's really an experience you do not want to have. Um, there's various terrible aspects to it, one of which is it's um, you have these day laborers, essentially, who are just like basically there's drilling going on the entire day. Um, then you have people screaming over the drills in order to communicate. This starts literally at seven in the morning, like on the dot. The weird thing is they seem to occasionally stop drilling at like nine. So it's like, you know, if you've been like out to like two in the morning, it'll be so loud, you'll have to wake up at 7 a.m. They'll wake you up and then you can't get back to sleep when they're done because like they finished. So I don't know what the reason for that is. Um, I'm moving, I'm getting married in like 100 days, essentially, uh, August 22nd, which is a whole little social media campaign I'm running at the moment, and uh, really what's keeping me going right now is I know that I will be out of this place very soon, maximum in three months, uh, probably a month before that, if not sooner. Um, but it's given me a lot of pause for thought about the role of noise pollution in our lives. Um, now, living in Israel and specifically in Jerusalem, I think it's a real, real problem. Compared to where I grew up in, in Ireland, this is a very you know, central neighborhood. I'm very close to the Shuk, uh, which is the market, Machane Yehuda, which is quite a famous uh, famous market in Jerusalem. And um, 
you know, it's really a very noisy area. There's like constant honking and there's all sorts of noise. Um, noise pollution is a serious issue and it's one I've become very sensitive to. Um, in fact, since being subjected to drilling and screaming, and there's also a dog who barks, it, it's really, really crazy. Like there's a dog that starts barking at 5 a.m. Drilling starts at 7 a.m. Um, at about 5 or 6 p.m., she's out at the moment, so I can say this, I have an incredibly loud neighbor who you can hear. She moved in in like a year ago and you can just hear her through the paper thin walls in this building. She comes home from work at six. So basically there's kind of never peace, I would say, in this apartment. Uh, clearly it's it's very stressful, but as I said, it's, it's, it's made me uh, very, very aware of noise pollution and what that does. And really noise pollution is actually a very serious issue. I think an underappreciated issue. I think one that's particularly bad in Israel um it's been proven to increased rates of hypertension insomnia depression anxiety stress i can certainly tell you about stress there's no no doubt um that i've experienced stress as far as you know my blood pressure is okay um but it, it has real tangible effects on the body now where where am i going with this um sorry i'm just glancing at my inbox i'm going to close it down so i can focus um where I'm going with this is that if you are a freelancer or some kind of a creative, you're you're in your own business, um, you probably have a certain type of personality. So I'm a, I was already noise sensitive before I was subjected to this like daily barrage of noise, meaning that, you know, some people are really not bothered by sound. I think writers tend to be more creative, especially right brain people, more introverted, uh, introverted, um, and that this might be more of an issue, sound sensitivity. So particularly when you're trying to concentrate on a piece of writing, whether you're working on something like a white paper, a book, I find it just requires absolute focus. I cannot work from, I can just about work from coffee shops, just about. And that requires accommodations, you could put it like that. Um, you know, it requires really strong concentration and that can be an issue. So I want to just, this is the topic of this episode. Um, I'm just going to talk a little bit quickly about what I've tried over the years, what works, what doesn't work. Couple of um, common approaches. If you're working in, whether you're working from your office, let's be honest, some people working at their day jobs are probably occasionally working on some freelance stuff. And most people working in office environments are probably not fortunate enough to have their own office. Very, very sad, in my opinion, the open office trend has taken over um, the working world, particularly the corporate world, the knowledge worker world, the startup world. So it's unusual now for people to have their own offices, their own doors. So everybody's in these bullpen, which, by the way, you can probably tell I absolutely despise nothing more um, than the open plan office. I think it's absolutely, it's not even opinion. It's been proven to be woeful for focus, productivity and in fact, decreases collaboration, which is precisely what it's supposed to do. The only real benefit of open office layouts are for the bean counters, for the accounting department who wanted to save money. Um, so if, if whether you're working like somewhere like this or working from your house or a coffee shop, a lot of people try white noise. So you have various forms of, um, of sound that are basically, instead of being one frequency, they're a bunch of different frequencies. Now, I'm not an audiologist or an audio expert, so my knowledge here is at a relatively basic level. Um, if you go to simplynoise.com, they also have an app for Android and iPhone. You can have a choice between um, white noise, brown noise, and pink noise. 
the various frequencies. White noise is the most well-known one. White noise is pretty famous, but some people prefer brown. It's like a deeper sound. Pink is like a um, is like a higher pitch sound, but they're all kind of static, basically. Um, that's one option. So that's kind of where I, initially I used to listen to YouTube, just listen to music all day. And I kind of got sick of listening to music all day. I, I don't think it's... Um, I don't even think it's like normal or healthy to just be bombarded, bombarding yourself, especially because my taste in music, I have to be honest, are not the most, uh, well, it's funny, I did, I played piano for seven years, so I like classical music, but I also like kind of dance music and very high tempo music, and that's typically what I would listen to when I'm working, not like Mozart and stuff like this, um, so I don't think that you know, it's just too much stimulation if you're like sitting there working eight hours a day, drinking coffee, listening to dance music, it's too much. Um, so I went from that to white noise was my first um, first thing that I tried out. That doesn't work for you. Here are your other options. After white noise, you can play ambient noise. So you have these websites that'll play different sounds. One of them might be like the sound of the sea. Um, I believe there's a website called simplyrain.com, which is associated with... Um, with Simply Noise, and they'll give you like the sound of a rainforest, various therapeutic sounds, stuff dripping. Um, if you Google ambient noise, uh, it looks like my internet's down. Uh, you will, you will be able to to find various options like the ocean waves, etc. Uh, sorry, I mean I gave the wrong URL. It's rain.simplynoise.com. So it is part of Simply Noise, the best free white generator on the internet, and they have a subdomain called Rain, um, which is you know the best free rain generator on the internet. So if you are from somewhere rainy and that's the kind of sound that turns you off, uh, I mean that in a good way, then uh, check this out. So you have ambient noise, all other types of ambient noise are like conversation sounds. There's tons of resources for this. Um, in terms of other things, what, what's really helped me the last while working from home is a white noise machine. I'm astounded that it took me until the age of 30 and being kind of like finicky about sound my whole life to invest in a white noise machine. Um, this building site, I have to say at one point, was so bad that like my table was shaking. Like it was literally deafening in my own apartment. So when it got to that point, um, I started, you know, I was like, of course, when I started, I'd like pick up my laptop and like go work in a coffee shop. But it was like unpredictable. So you could be in the middle of a white paper on like really deep in concentration and like and then zzz, table start shaking um so i needed some solution at home because sometimes i just find it's easier to finish what you're doing before like jumping out um the white noise machine is great because you know you also have the all these apps ambient apps for android and for the smartphones the beauty of a white noise machine is a, it's a dedicated hardware device if you can call it that I did research into um, which one is best and the universally recommended best one. I actually picked up a few from Amazon because there are certain things I believe it is not worth attempting to save money on. And one of those is your productivity and your focus, because that's ultimately as a writer, how you are making, generating money, right? Um, so I wasn't interested in economizing or going for like the cheap, the cheapest white noise machine on the market. I simply wanted the best one. So I picked up two electro fans and one let's say a crappy white noise machine for 10 bucks just to compare i'm going to have the crappy one for when i'm traveling the white the electro fan is the most amazing thing i've ever ordered from amazon quite possibly 
Um, it's very simple. I'm looking at it right now. It's got buttons for volume. It's got one button to toggle between various white noise sounds. So as I said, your various frequencies of white noise and another button for toggling between fan sounds. So if you prefer that type of ambient noise, it doesn't have rain. It doesn't have, uh, fa sorry, I said fan. It doesn't have, you know, other types of white noise, ocean sounds, uh, and it's got a volume button. It can go all the way up to the point where, um, it's hard to have a conversation in the room, which is quite deceptive because it's only about, you know, 10 centimeters. It's like a weird hexagon shape. You can pick one up for Amazon for approximately, uh, I think in the range of like 50 to 70 bucks. Again, you can find white noise generators for much less than that. Uh, I personally think if I get two or three years out of this and I have to replace it, and in those three years, I'm using it every single day, I consider that a pretty decent investment. Um, so this has been my latest evolution and what the last thing I want to tell you guys about is headphones because this is something where I think there's confusion. So you know most you're not probably most people aren't going to be playing the white noise and whatever out loud they're going to drive their coworkers nuts uh whatever they're going to or their neighbors for that matter. So typically people would go for either use regular headphones just regular buds you pick up on the street or people go for two different uh two different things. Something called ANC, Active Noise Cancellation. People are familiar with the big Bose headphones. These work, there's a little microphone embedded in the, um, whether it's a, you know, earbud model or whether it's a overhead model, um, it's tiny. So you could easily miss it, but look closely, you'll see it. There's like usually a little pickup for a microphone. Um, there's an algorithm in that, uh, in that system that hears a noise. So it hears a jet engine noise, jet engine noise. And it says, okay, this is this frequency. We're going to play the opposite frequency to try neutralize it. Okay. That's roughly, and again, very layman terms. It's not something I'm an expert about. I've never written for an ANC client. It's just what I can tell you that I understand about it. That's how it works. Um, ANC is not really good for voice. And if you understand how that works, you'll understand very obviously it's good for sounds that are um, steady and not changing. So the typical example is a jet engine. You're on a long haul flight, there's a jet engine. The frequency remains constant relatively uh, as the you know thrust changes, maybe it's going to change a bit, but um, that's perfect example of ANC. ANC does not work particularly well for cancelling out voices. Now, perhaps there, you'll find some products in the market that will say, uh, you know, someone's going to develop one that is optimized. Some will say the Bose is so good that it actually does work for voices. But in, that's the general thing. If you're looking for your typical ANC based uh, noise cancellation headset, battery powered, whatever, um, it's not going to do a great job with voices. I can personally attest to this. I have tried them. I have some ANC headsets I bought to experiment with. I've been on, tried them in offices. I've tried the Bose stuff, the really expensive stuff. Um, mixed results. Okay. It might work for a bit and then it'll like some, someone's voice will break through. Um, the better solution, in my opinion, is something called noise isolation. Noise isolation means you physically stick something in your ears and you can't hear the outside world. So earbuds kind of work. It's really called passive, passive noise isolation in which, you know, you're lodging them in your ears, basically, and um, you're creating some kind of a block. The really, really top grade and what I have is called uh, something called IEMs. IEM stand for in-ear monitors. 
they're popular in the DJ world. And I'll explain why. So if you're a DJ or you're working on some kind of a music set, um, you might want to be listening to like a feedback loop or, you know, some an event manager, producer. Um, but obviously the actual ambient sound you're creating is going to be pretty loud. So you both need to hear somebody and you both need to block out. So it's kind of a perfect use case for this. Um, so, so you have a class of headphones called IEMs and the brand I'm going to recommend, and I am evangelical about them. It's something called Etymotic, E-T-Y-M-O-T-I-C. I'm currently looking at my pair of MK50s, which are basically the, um, the kind of modernized version of the MC50s. The MC50s were, was Etymotic's, um, entry level. They don't make that many. So it's a Canadian company. They are, uh, as far as I understand, audiologists first and foremost, i.e. they're not a headphone consumer tech company, they're actually audio professionals. Uh, they started out with, um, they make custom IEMs, they make stuff like uh, earplugs, uh, you know, electronic earplugs. Um, I'm trying to think of a word, uh, and I only got about five hours sleep, so my brain is not functioning 100%. Um, hearing aids is what I was trying to think of. Um, so that's the space they're coming from. And these IEMs are absolutely incredible. So the MK5s block, if I remember right, about 32 decibels thereabout, but they do a really good job. You push them in. Now, if you have never worn IEMs before, you've just worn the, you know, head, head buds you picked up in, uh, if you're in the US and like, I don't know, Walmart or Target or Best Buy or, Tesco, if you're in, you know, the UK, Ireland, you, you guys, you know what I'm talking about, the, the, high, the high street, basically, then you probably never encountered anything like this. They go really deep into your ear. Um, they feel very uncomfortable at first, and I just say you have to, like, get used to them. I My first MC5s, I, I think I threw them out because I tried them for three weeks, and I was like, there's no way I can tolerate this. They get softer and easier to wear, but once you get used to them, they... Uh, there's two advantages. One, they really do work. Okay. These actually, they don't have any fancy electronics. They're not playing a frequency to block out noise. They just passively seal up your eardrum. There are potential complications turning earwax. Some users say that they literally push stuff in. Uh, it's kind of gross. So I don't want to get too far into this, but be aware of that potential problem. Uh, however, beggars can't be choosers, I would say. And in my case, I'm just grateful for anything. You, you can hear it. So this construction site, the drilling, it's driving me absolutely crazy because the workers are like, I don't know. I'm going to sound like the workers are liars. They like tell you it's going to stop. And then like it was quiet for two weeks. And now if you hear, if I open the window, it's much later than it sounds it started again this morning which is why i said ha i need to make this podcast and it literally goes on all day so i'm just happy for anything that works at this point in in my life and uh, i can highly highly recommend the entire Edimotic line um it's not a huge product line they actually have relatively few uh the mk5s are the upgrade on the traditional entry level one i went for entry level you know because i wasn't sure it was going to be good or not and i've since bought probably four or five different pairs of the mc mc5s and the mk5s um there's slightly more expensive ones the er3x4 er3xr i'm looking on amazon now for 150 bucks reduced from 180 bucks um i would recommend going just for the mk5s they're they've they're proving very popular. The reviews are positive and, um, you know, why, if you're not sure you're going to like them, you might hate them. Why risk almost $200 on something, right? 
Um, I'm not seeing the now, but you can pick them up from uh, from Amazon or from Ediomotic.com. Um, and the customer service. Actually, I don't give their customer service top marks, I have to be honest, because I ran out of the triple flange uh, um, tips and they like sent me a product and it wasn't the right one and they never got back. So their customer service was mostly good. I haven't found them amazing, to be to be honest. Um, but that's, uh, you know, they're, they're at least responsive and they really care about what they do, which is cool. So I'm going to end this podcast now because this has been a pretty niche topic, but there's probably someone in the world who's interested in uh, IEMs and uh, headphones and is also like freelancing and they will stumble upon this. I'll add the keywords in the description to help them find this and they might find this whole spiel to be of interest. So with that, I will sign off Daniel Rosell, DSRGhostwriting.com. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, there is a contact form on dsrghostwriting.com or you can write to info at dsrghostwriting.com, daniel at dsrghostwriting.com. It doesn't actually matter. Thank you. Any feedback on this episode, welcome. I will strategize the next episode and come up with some actual uh, you know, tips about uh, more technology that can help freelance writers and other creative professionals in their role to thrive as writers and whatever they're doing. Thank you for listening and goodbye.